Welcome back to the Apostolic Girl Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Johnson, and today's show is part two of a two-part series that's fairly graphic. If you've already listened to part one, feel free to grab your headphones and let's dive right into part two. I want to I want to revisit what you said earlier in our conversation about having those dreams and seeing him coming back from hell. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know what happens to people when they commit suicide. I know that just the thought of going to hell has always been what's kept me from acting on any suicidal thoughts that that come my way. And what will happen is, um, I know for my own scenario, um, I had a grandmother that, that raised me that was constantly trying to commit suicide. She was not in the church. She was in the world. And, um, and she drank and, you know, I, I got to see her doing all kinds of things to, to try to kill herself. Like she almost tried to jump out of her third story window uh, in, a, in an apartment and the relatives oh, had wow. to hold her back. And so, you know, she would, she would just do all kinds of crazy things to, to get rid of her life. And so, mm-hmm. you know, the depression that, that I think all of America gets attacked with depression all around the country. Again, this podcast is being listened to all around the, all around the world, right. all around the world. People are struggling with depression. That's not anything new. Right. Um, right. But they just struggle with it. You know, like you'd have a depressed day and then tomorrow's fine. You know, right. You lose your job. You're depressed for the rest of the day. Tomorrow's a better day. But right. for people that wrestle with that spirit nonstop and it just doesn't go away um, I think they start to think about how to how to get out of the pain. And I know mm-hmm. for me, watching that happen with my grandmother kind of be, has been you know, learned habit of, okay, I'm all of, I'm in all of this pain. Let me think about how to get out of it, right? right? And so in my mind, you know, ridiculous thoughts from the enemy will just come at me while I'm driving. Or I'll be driving down the road and the enemy will say, why don't you, you're going at 60 miles an hour. Why don't you just turn the car off the off the highway right now, you know, and right. I have to rebuke that and be like, right Get out of my mind, Satan, you know, so that's what I mean by suicidal thoughts. And I just want to say here for my listeners, that um, I have heard um, that people will think, well, how selfish are you, because you have um, children. And so how could you be so selfish to not think about your children? Well, I have mm-hmm. to tell you that for myself, that whenever, and I have three beautiful children, whenever mm-hmm. I've had those thoughts of not wanting to live anymore, my mind clearly justifies that my children would be better off without me. Mm-hmm. And so that is the thought process. The thought process isn't, I just, I want to get out of this pain and to heck with my children. Like that's, and excuse me for saying to heck with my children, but you know what I mean. I is know what it's you mean. Not, yes. It's not, I don't love them. It more, it's more of a self-loathing that I don't like myself and right. they are stuck with me. Right. And it would, they would be so much better off in life if they didn't have to carry my baggage along. And so mm-hmm. um, that's the thought process behind a parent. I just wanted to put that out there for any child that's struggling with, why would they do that to me? It's, there's somewhere in the in the thought process of a pers- a parent's mind that that does think that they want to be out of this life. They're not thinking about hurting you. Instead, they're thinking that you being without them is the best thing for you. And so, um, yes, I just want to go back to what you said about you and Brooke having those dreams about uh, hell. 
because that has been the main driving force for me never to act on those thoughts that come and, and right. they come strong when they come. Right. But I always think to myself, I don't know where this is coming from, but I know that I love God and I know that I do not want to be separated from God. Right. You know? And, but they, it causes a lot of, you know, emotional trauma, like a lot of crying and a lot of, mm-hmm just you know the depression gets worse and I don't know what the difference is between depression and oppression but it just feels like there's this constant dark cloud that you live under at all times you know right so to hear you you know kind of say for sure that um that you you both had that dream about hell I just feel like that's important to to talk about because anyone out there that might be wrestling with the thoughts of of, dep- of suicide right now just like I'm openly admitting that I wrestle with those thoughts or I mm-hmm. used to right um, they don't come as often anymore but they do show up every once in a while right um, to be honest um, anyone that wrestles with that needs to know that um, you don't want to take the chance of missing out on being with God for eternity I just I really right. don't I don't want to make this podcast without making that absolutely clear we are not glorifying suicide we are saying that 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 it's happening and in 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 the church it's happening outside the church it seems you know death is all around us in all types of various forms and sister linda i'm so grateful that you would come onto the platform and tell the audience about the deaths that you've had to go through um i'm so sorry about you losing your dad and just so grateful that you have had a loving church for people to help you get to that place of healing and people and, right. and an altar where you could get a breakthrough. I'm grateful for my church oh. too. I've had so many breakthroughs at the altar and yes. um, yeah, just having that, that family of God to rally around you during those times of your husband's death and then your father's death. Um, and now you're coming you're walking into a new place. Your recent Instagram posts have been so inspiring. Like you just, not that you're over it. I love what you wrote. Explain what you wrote. You said you'll never get over Mike, but, but what? Well, I mean, I'll never get over him. I can't remember exactly what I said, but. It was something I, so I, inspirational and hopeful. Uh, I can't. I know, I know. I think I remember now. You said something along the lines of, you know, that God has a beautiful future for you. Well, yeah, I'll never get over him. I feel like that. I feel like the future is bright and it's going to be beautiful, more beautiful than what I can even imagine. I feel like when God unfolds the praise, that he gets it right. And so even though this tragedy has happened to me mm-hmm. I'm excited about my future I don't know what all that is going to entail uh, sometimes I wish God give us a little sneak peek but <laughs> 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 but I really get things coming my way um and I feel like that um that God has seen some desires in my heart. And I've been praying lately, some very specific prayers, um, not just general, but specific prayers about some things that I, things that I want to see in my life. And, um, and I think, um, you know, Mike will always be there. He's going to be a part of my life. 
forever. But I also feel like I cannot, I can't live in the past. I can't change what has happened. I have to go forward and whatever that forward means uh, for me, um, you know, whether it, you know, if I move to another place, if I stay here in North Carolina, if I, you know, you know, if at some point I decide that I want to remarry or whatever, you know, I, I know God's got all that in control and I'm trusting him with my future. Now, a few weeks ago, I would not have said that, not have said that, but I can say that now. And I'm confident that God knows what he's doing. And so I think even in the worst that happened to us, worst, uh, you know, as far as, you know, and Mike and the way that I lost mm-hmm. suicide's a whole different level of grief. You can mm-hmm. lose somebody and it's hard. Grief is suicide. There's questions you're never going to get answered. And so, mm-hmm. but God can still take something like that and make it really beautiful. Somebody told me um, uh, that God wasn't through story, you know, Amen. and that it was going to be beautiful. In spite of all the ugliness that mm. it's going to be beautiful and it's going to be right. And I'm so, so during these last few months that, that when I was floundering and I was drowning and I didn't know what way to go and I could have easily gone the other direction, you know, I could have. But I didn't, and I'm so so thankful. And I'm I even look back now and think, oh, thank you, Jesus, that you protected me even then when I didn't even see that protection. You know, I didn't feel it, but you did. And um, it's like that song by Marvin Sapp. You know, I never would have made it without you. Without you. And you know, I can look back over my life and say, you know, now I'm stronger, I'm wiser. And that's the truth. I think we just have to remember in, um, in these hard moments, if you have that foundation mm-hmm. of, um, prayer of your walk with God. And in those times when you can't even pray, Somebody described it to me once, like, you know, you're making deposits all these years into a bank. Well, mm-hmm. when you get to a hard place like this, somebody told me this when Brooke was paralyzed. When you get to a hard trial like that, that's when you withdraw those deposits. I can't pray right now. I'm going to have to let the prayers of everybody else pray me right now and what I've put into my bank, those reserves. Wow, and so... You know, I can, and I can see how God kept me these last months, even though it was really, really dark and I was in this dark hole Mm -hmm. and I'm not saying that I'm not going to have days because I know I will because I loved him, but I'm excited to see what God has for me. And to move on and to, I can't, you know, I just want to, I want to be happy and I want to have that peace, which I've got and that joy, which God has restored. And I want my story, um, 
hopefully to help somebody else that may be struggling with maybe the same kind of issues. Um, I'm nothing, you know, I'm just a Mm -hmm. nobody here in North Carolina that's husband committed suicide. But if God can use my story to help somebody, then that's what I want. What would you tell someone who's living with a spouse, a husband who is experiencing thoughts of wanting to commit suicide and they know about it, like you knew about it? Yeah. What would you tell someone else that's living in that situation right now? What advice I wish would you give them? If I could do I wish now that I had gone to brother and sister Godair and um, told them everything instead of trying to, because I felt like for so long mm-hmm. that I was trying to cover for Mike mm-hmm. and pretend that like everything was okay. Him. Protect his secret. Yes. Yes. Yep, and, and to pretend that everything was fine and it was yeah, not. Yeah, yeah. And so I wish now that I had gone to somebody and said, this is what's happening. Somebody that I could trust mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. say, I need your help. I need you to reach out to him. I need you to try to break through that barrier for him. Try to pray, whatever. I wish I had done that. So if okay. there's somebody out there that is dealing with that, you know, they know that their spouse is um, struggling with depression or their child, whatever. I think it's important to, not be so secretive about it. Now I'm not talking about go to blab at everybody in the church, but those key people in your life, like your pastor or, um, you know, whoever, and say that we, I need help. I need you to reach out to them because I'm not getting through to them. I need you to know what's going mm-hmm. on. It's like when he took the overdose, I didn't mm-hmm. tell anybody for a long time. Because I was ashamed, ashamed. and I didn't absolutely, I, and I didn't want people to know yeah. that that was going on behind closed doors at my house. Yeah. So you go to church and you project this image wow. that everything's okay, and it wasn't. And I knew that. So I think um, if 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 that person that the others, you know, the spouse or the parent mm-hmm. can go to somebody that's trusted and say, I need help with this. Can you help me? Will you reach out to them? Um, you know, it might've made a difference. Now, what if you, what if you feel like you can't do that because the person struggling would be angry with you for telling their secret? Well, and see, that was part of the reason that, I didn't go to them either because I was afraid of his anger of what he would, you know, I would, I was afraid of his response. Yeah. Not that he was physically abusive to me. I don't mean, right. I'm just right, saying, right. But, but just afraid would, to make him feel more ashamed. Right. So I, I think, it. you know, it's a fine line, but when it comes though, to saving their life, I think sometimes you have to risk that. I mean, really, I guess you have to stop and think how much worse is it going to get if they're already talking about they want to commit suicide or they're tired of living. 
is it, you know, them getting yeah. angry because you went, is it going to make it any worse? Probably not. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, I, that was part of the reason for me, shame. And then you don't want to make them mad. You don't want to push them over the edge in, any further. But I think with this type of situation that sometimes you have to be willing to step out on that limb and say, okay, God, I'm going to do this. I don't know if it's going to make it worse or what, but I feel like this is what I do in order to try to at least make a difference. And then in the end, you may or may not, mm -hmm. but you know, that's part of the guilt. Um, I know I didn't put the gun in his hand. I didn't yeah. make him pull that trigger. I know that, but there's still guilt that I have. Because like you said, could I have done more? Yeah, I probably could have. Oh, so but at the time. You have to live with that guilt. Because yeah, but it really you don't shouldn't know. be a part of your journey. No. And, and I think, I mean, I know it's not my fault. Mm -hmm. um, I know it wasn't my fault. But I also know that um, I knew that he was struggling. Yeah. And even though I begged him to get help and he didn't, you know, maybe I pushed harder. Um, but I didn't because I think what you said was sometimes you fear that they're going to get angry or that it's mm -hmm. going to make it worse. Mm -hmm. But if I could tell anybody, if I could tell somebody something that's dealing with that, take it from me, be willing to take that risk because you may end up saving their lives that's true um that's so you know and what you really don't have anything to lose because in my case you know you know i didn't do that and um he's dead so um you know i've heard that saying desperate people do desperate things and sometimes I think maybe as that spouse or that parent, sometimes you have to get desperate and say, okay, God, or, you know, go to your pastor and say, look, I don't know what else to do. You need to help me. And, um, and just see what God will do, okay. you know, but I also will say this, that when you're living with us, uh, like I was living with Mike all those years and, mm -hmm. um, when you're dealing with that kind of thing day in and day out, it kind of, you have to be careful that you don't get sucked into that. That's good. That and depression true. or that yeah. heaviness or yeah. that whatever. Um, and even afterwards, brother Cody Marks told my daughter, cause she saw brother Cody Marks at peak and mm -hmm. she saw, told him what happened and that he had preached that message. He said, yeah, I that. And he told her, he said, Brooke, you have to be careful that that spirit of depression doesn't get on you and your mom, you know, because those that, that can have a, uh, depression can have that spirit, you know, you can have that spirit of depression. So you have to be careful, even though Mike is gone, um, yeah. we have to fight that. Yeah. Amen. Um, and so I think that 
you know, that is true. So you have to be careful that you're not getting sucked into it. And sometimes what are some it's things so... you do to fight it. What are you? Let's let's give the audience that. Well, I think that. I think like you, like we talked about, like trying not to isolate yourself, you still be uh, a vital part of that church or that whatever Uh, prayer. That's good. um, Making sure that you recognize maybe any signs in yourself that Mm -hmm. maybe you're starting to go down that path too, because um, you've seen it in your spouse or kids or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and, and when you notice that you're starting to drift that way, like you may have to intentionally pull yourself back from that and say, no, I can't go down that path. I'm going to go talk to somebody or I'm going to go ever. Mm-hmm. I think there's, um, you know, and if you have to journal, I'm not a big journaler, but, you know, a lot of people like to journal and write down their feelings and things like that. Mm-hmm. I think surrounding yourself with, um, playing good godly music or listen to like holy ghost radio or um you know if you can get the word of god in you and instead of uh being idle and part of that you know sister gutter even you know was talking about being idle because Mm -hmm. um you know i haven't worked as a nurse in several years Mm-hmm. So me going back in the nursing, I think is really going to help me because oh, I'm going to yeah. be dealing with talking to people and adults yeah. and just, yeah. you know, so keeping busy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think sitting at home stewing and just dwelling on all the time because you mm-hmm. have to get past mm-hmm. it at some point. Mm-hmm. You can't just stay there. And I'm not, and everybody has their own timetable to get a to get away from grief, but I'm not away from it, but you know what I mean? Dealing with it. I do. I do. But, um, that's what I think helps. I mean, maybe some people it's going out and plant flowers or <laughs> bacon uh-huh. or cooking or going to, you know, visit people. I don't know there, whatever works for you that makes you happy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe getting a new hobby. Um, that's good. So I don't know that I love the last thing you said, getting a new hobby, because when you, when you are feeling those spirits of depression, try to take over, you don't feel like doing anything right that normally brings you joy. And so finding new things that bring you joy is, is a a really neat trick at help. Right. And I want to add one other thing too, um, that helps is to be mindful of um, what I'm intaking, ingesting yes. in terms of social media, yes. uh, places I go, things I see. Uh, you know, I've literally, I've I've practically run out of department stores because I just couldn't take the, the music, the the song they were playing, right. was taking me to a dark place. You know, right. And so, um, just really being careful with what you're ingesting in your mind and what you're watching and thinking and seeing and hearing. And so, oh, that's so important. That's been, uh, yeah, that's a definite help as well. Yes. Oh my goodness. This has been so good. I'm just, 
I know for sure that there are going to be more than one person touched by this video and, and I mean, not video, what am I saying? Uh, <laughs> podcast. <laughs> oh. um, I'm so, so grateful to, um, to get to know you more today. So what does the rest of 2022 look like for you, Sister Linda? Well, um, I'm not really sure. I, I know that I want to, you know, when I get through my nursing, get my ac- license reactivated. Oh, yeah, yeah. I want to go back into labor and delivery. That's How long is that going to take? Well, I've got to do 10, 12-hour shifts. So I'm hoping that by the, uh, my uh, coordinator says that she's hoping by the end of the month that I can start that. So I'm thinking that's going to take me about a month to do because it'll be like three shifts a week. So after that, then I'm going to get me a job. Um, I've, you know, I've worked emergency room, recovery room, um, and labor and delivery. Labor and delivery is my passion. So that's what I plan on going back into. And right now with the nursing shortage, you can pretty much get whatever you want. And so um, I've already done a uh, fetal monitoring class that I knew I was going to, that I knew I'll have to have. I'd done it years ago when I worked it, but I went ahead and made so that when I go, it'll look good on my resume (laughs) (laughs) that I've gotten that. Um, Very nice. So I'm really excited about that. Um, Good deal. That's my plan. Um, okay. And like that I said, like I don't a know. Beautiful plan. Yeah. I mean, I love labor and delivery is just my, <laughs> uh, if I was younger, <laughs> I would have liked to gone on to Ben and I wish I would have went on to, but okay. I don't want to do that now. Cause I'm just, I'm too old. I'm 57 and I don't want to. <laughs> That's not old. I, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I do want to go back and get to further education but I don't think I want to do that right now but um so that's exciting to me because um it's something that I love and um I think I can make a big difference in my patients lives like it's a privilege to be in attendance and to help participate in such a momentous day for people when they're bringing new life into the world, it's really an honor for me. That may sound cliche, but it really is. I've counted an honor to be able to be part of that process. Um, And I'm just, um, I'm really excited about that. Um, I don't know, like I said, I don't know where my journey is going to lead me, Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm open to whatever God wants. Um, You know, I've, uh, if that means going somewhere else, you know, being with my family, uh, I've got family in Texas and I've got family in Ohio and in New Jersey. So, um, you know, it would be nice to be with some of them. Um, but we'll see. I'm just praying about it and seeing what God wants. And, um, if it's his will for me to stay here in North Carolina, then, that's what I'll do. Um, Good. We'll just see. But that's kind of what my future right now is, uh, you know, that's kind of what it's looking like right now is just getting this nursing stuff done and then 
go get me a job. And, um, so I'm super excited about, it. I'm really stoked about being able to go back into the scene field and, um, that's so beautiful how God is opening this door for you to do something you love. Yes, because I amazing. never thought I'd go back That's into good. it. And my sister at Thanksgiving from Texas, I went down there and she she said, Linda, why don't you why don't you go back in the nursing? I was like, Do you think I could really do that? Because it's been so <laughs> many years since I've gone to school or so I had to do a refresher course, which they give you nine months to finish. Mm-hmm. They recommend four months. I got it finished in less than a month because I worked on every spare minute I had. And so that encouraged me. I thought, well, maybe, maybe I haven't forgotten everything, you know? Yeah. (laughs) There is something still going on upstairs. No, I think, I think it's fabulous. I I have a funny quick story. I I met a a doctor one time uh, years ago when I was staying in the hospital And she was in her 50s somewhere. And I asked her, so how long have you been a doctor? And she said, oh, I'm I'm still a resident. She goes, this is my second career. She said, I was a kindergarten teacher for 30 years. Oh, my (laughs) word. (laughs) She's brave. Yeah. Wow. That's something. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, there's people doing it at my age, but Mm -hmm. we'll see. I mean, who knows? I might, you know, I can do it. It's not that I couldn't do it because yeah. I know I could, but not I really want to. I don't know. But uh, it's an exciting time for me. Um, I, you know, I feel excited for my future. Um, wow. I'm God. super excited about it because I just don't know where God's going to lead me and what's going to happen, but mm-hmm. that it's going to be good things. And I'm Amen. holding on to that, uh, you know, that prophecy that I got in October that God was going to restore everything I lost. And Amen. so I'm holding on to that, um, that God is going to do that. And I've already seen the beginning of that with God restoring my joy and peace and um, hope. I have hope again that it's going to be okay, you know that God's got me and that he is going to, he's got me and he's going to do good things for me. So it's exciting. Oh my goodness. Well, please keep us posted. Oh, I will. If people want to stay in touch with you, um, how can people uh, connect with you? Well, I mean, they can reach out to me either on Facebook or Instagram or. um, What's your uh, uh, Facebook and Instagram handle? Oh man, I think Facebook is Linda Haven E N S Bristow B R I S T O W, and on um, Instagram I believe it's Lane L A N E Bristow, but you can also they can also reach me through my email, which is Lane L A N E Bristow B R I S T O W at yahoo.com. Um you know, they can reach me through there. I have messenger that they could reach out to me there also. So, um, I can, I mean, I, I can get my phone number out if somebody wants to reach out that way by text or call. It's 336-260-7535. And, um, 
you know, if anybody wants to reach out, I'd be glad to talk to them or whatever. And, um, but thank you so much. It's been my pleasure. And I, you know, I prayed and I told some of my friends and family that I was doing this. And I said, you know, I want it to be anointed. I, not because of me, but I want it to reach somebody and maybe help, even if it's just one person mm-hmm. that may be teetering on the edge or um, dealing with a similar situation that I dealt with. Maybe they can take the mistakes that I made say, okay, I can do something different to maybe change the outcome. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, you know, I guess time will tell. And mm-hmm. the only thing that tells. Yeah. I was it, just but. about to say that, that one day in heaven, you will meet someone that says, I, I heard podcast and it really <laughs> helped me. <laughs> because and I'm going to come look for you. <laughs> honestly, people that have, <laughs> honestly, people that have helped me are people that I'll never really have the opportunity to tell them that they helped me. It was like, you know, a sermon I listened to or a conference I listened to, you know, so, you know, the, the, the chances that you'll never know who you're helping is higher than. Right. That's true. Anything else. But I do trust God that his hand has been on this podcast and, um, you know, I'm learning how to be transparent. That's not who I am. I'm usually someone that is pretty um, private and very uh-huh. um, protective of my image, you know. But yes. um, but God is really teaching me through interviewing people like you um, mm-hmm. and Amanda and Amy and those other yeah. wonderful ladies from your church. That yeah. image means nothing if you can't, if your story can't touch someone and help um, make someone else feel like they're not alone and that right. they're, they're not the only broken ones. And so right. this podcast is teaching me how to open up and be the real me. And so right. you have taken me another step journey uh, further in that journey by just oh, watching your Instagram you. page and watching how open you've been about your hurt. It's just really been ministering to me. And so I want you to know that too. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. So and, um... welcome. <laughs> Well, that will, that does it for today, ladies. Thank you for listening in. Um, and connect with Sister Linda if you can. I know that would mean the world to her to, to know that, you, that something she said today has blessed you. Yes. Um, but until then, we will see you all on the next podcast. Thank you so much, Sister Kelly. You're welcome. <laughs>